Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of Counter Conversations. Build the kind of life you want rather than the life you're expected to have. Examine it, unpack it, redefine it, recreate it, and change it. Stop hustling to fit in and you learn how to belong just by being yourself. I want to say a special thank you and welcome to those of you joining me today for the very first episode of Counter Conversations. I can't tell you how excited and admittedly a little nervous I am to be here with all of you today. Having my own podcast has been a dream of mine for quite some time, and I'm humbled that you've pulled up a chair and joined me at the counter for some deep conversations. I'd like to kick off today by talking about the most important relationship you'll ever have, the one you have with yourself, because the best gift you'll ever give yourself is to get to know yourself. For me, I didn't even know this was a thing. I never asked myself things like, what makes me tick? How am I wired? What's important to me and why? But think about it. If it's the most important relationship we'll ever have, why hasn't anyone ever taught us how to have it? It certainly wasn't in any class I ever took. And what's most fascinating, it's the one all other relationships are hinged on. How can we possibly have a successful relationship with anyone else if we don't know who we are? and what's important to us, and more importantly, why. Sadly, most of us are stepping over this. I'll give you a personal example. My own strength, for instance. I grew up hard. My strength remains a byproduct of that. But it was always my way, so I never really gave it much thought. I wasn't clear about things like what the true measurement of my strength was, or what strength meant to me. I didn't have a definition Therefore, it was easy to adopt someone else's. It wasn't until someone close to me used my strength to shame me, someone who was intimidated by my strength. It wasn't until I was accused of being too strong or too masculine when I tried to speak up for myself. A few years back, I was sharing an experience with someone I was dating at the time. I explained to him that earlier that day, I asked a mutual friend if she was going to a party that we were all invited to. She aggressively answered me, She said, I don't hang out with those people. Taken back, I responded to say, you know I am those people, right? (laughs) It never escalated beyond that, but I definitely walked away insulted and a little annoyed. He didn't even wait for me to complete the sentence when he responded, I don't understand why you always have to challenge people. You're so conflictual. Everyone always says that about you. Why can't you ever just shut up and fit in? Needless to say, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, and I immediately ended the relationship. But I walked away and said, hmm, maybe I should check in with myself about that. And after some deep introspection, I realized that my strength is the most beautiful part of me. But I wasn't clear about what it meant to me. Today, I can tell you it's the difference between being challenging and conflictual and being a confident, passionate, unapologetic woman They are starkly different people and will likely achieve starkly different results in life. So it begs the question, how do you unpack the relationship you have with yourself? It's a process. And personally, I never really understood what anyone meant when they said process. In fact, if I were being completely honest, I'd admit the word itself irked me a little. But now that I have a richer understanding, both personally and professionally, I get it. First, 
Let's take a look at why most people set out to make change, but they don't. It boils down to one word, resistance. It's perfectly normal to feel some resistance when things are changing. The resistance can stem from your own internal fears or the fears of others. Keep in mind, you're not the only one who doesn't like change. Harriet Lerner addresses this in her book, The Dance of Anger, where she discusses triangle patterns. She describes how the change in behavior in one person can disrupt a pattern of behavior for everyone. Patterns operate automatically and unconsciously in all human contexts, such as family, work, friendship, and networks. Any shift in your behavior is likely to shift the whole relationship. This can be scary for any one of these scenarios. But the true meaning of insanity is to keep doing the exact same thing and expecting different results. So if you can get past the resistance, I broke it down into five steps for you. Step one, the examination process. What isn't working? What's out of alignment for you? What needs to change? There's always one point of impact or awareness. For me, the moment those words left his lips was also the same moment I knew I could no longer resist the change. The moment I knew I would no longer stick my head back in the sand, I was certain I would change even though I had no idea how. Now, there are two types of change to consider. There's the kind you're invited to and the kind you invite. And let me give you an example. The loss of a job is something you're invited to. It can cause you to question whether or not you want to continue in the same career path or make a change. Now, the decision to lose 10 pounds is something you invite, and can give you the confidence to do so many other things. Depending on the change you'd like to make, it can be an easy fix. You become aware, you identify some options, come up with a plan, and make the change. Other situations, like leaving a long-term relationship, may require much more introspection and will likely be a much longer and much more arduous process. Now it leads us into step two. I'll admit this is my least favorite part, but it's also the most rewarding. This is where you'll need to get honest with yourself and examine how you're showing up. There'll be moments during the process when you pull something into sharper focus and you'll feel proud of yourself. There'll be other moments when you'll be surprised, disappointed, ashamed, happy, or indifferent. It's all part of the process. The good news is that we're always at choice and you get to decide moving forward who you want to be and how you want to show up. In the story I told you earlier about my ex, I not only examined the relationship itself, but how I was showing up in it. The truth was that I had some things I needed to address within myself before I considered dating again. For those of you wanting to address more difficult decisions, it will require deeper thought, a deeper level of honesty, first and foremost with yourself. It will require bravery you might not be sure you have and likely some tough conversations. Like I said, this is the hardest part. There is going to be both pain and gain attached to making these kinds of decisions. But if you can get yourself there, the next part is where all the fun begins. It's step three, the reframing process. This is where you get to decide what does this really mean? And why is it so important? So far, we identified what wasn't working and that change was necessary in order to experience more of what you want. 
defining things more sharply for yourself, getting clear about what exactly needs to change and why it needs to change can be incredibly powerful in getting you more of what you want. Let me give you an example. My client, Kim. She came to work with me because she was looking to improve the relationship she had with her husband. In one of our sessions, she said, I just want my husband to love me. I asked her, what does love look like to you? It's simple, Bernice. It's the same definition in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Does love look different to you? I said, that's not important here, and it might confuse things. Let's just stick to your definition. Just indulge me, she insisted. So I said, I experience love by physical touch and affection. It's the touch of his hand under the dinner table, him playing with my hair, putting his arm around me, or the way he looks at me for a minute right before he leans in to kiss me. She said, oh God, I just want him to help me do the damn laundry. (laughs) Well, after a really good giggle, we talked more about how she defined love and how differently her husband's definition was. She needed acts of service and he needed affection. It made sense that they were in conflict. Which brings us to step four. Once Kim was able to define what love looked like for her, she would need to have a tough conversation with her husband. The challenge was that Kim wasn't used to speaking up for herself. So for her, defining things was the easy part. Speaking up is where she felt the most resistance. And this is the part where she would allow herself to fall back into old patterns in order to avoid the uncomfortable feeling associated with the resistance. This is where her real breakthrough happened. As it turns out, this was the intel her husband had been dying for. He loved her and just wanted to please her. He was not only open to the conversation, but he was willing to take immediate action. Even though he was a little clumsy at first, Kim saw the impact this change had and was willing to keep doing it. Her husband did too. This is a great example of what Harriet Lerner was referring to when she talked about triangle patterns. It's creation through conversations and sometimes tough conversations. And finally, we're at step five, change it. Change is the only thing that is constant. It's not like flipping a switch. You don't eat a salad and get skinny. That's not how it works, unfortunately. Remember, it's easy to fall back into old patterns and behaviors when you feel resistance. You may need to adjust, modify, and run through the course a few times before you get the results you want. That's why it's critical to have a crystal clear plan of action, a timeline you'd like to see your results in, and an accountability partner. This could be a friend, a sister, a therapist, or even a life coach. An accountability partner can not only help you set goals, but help you commit and achieve them. And what I love most about having this kind of relationship is the different perspective that person brings. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap for today. But before I go, I'd love to leave you with something to think about. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes. And it's by a gentleman, Michael Pastore. He says, it's better to follow the voice inside and to be at war with the whole world than to follow the ways of the world and be at war with your deepest self. And in conclusion, if what you're currently doing isn't working, it makes perfect sense to examine how you're showing up. I'm not going to lie to you. The process of change can be messy and uncomfortable for a time, 
but what you'll learn about yourself will also surprise you, please you, and ultimately change you into the person you were always meant to be. That's today's episode, my friends. I want to thank all of you who pulled up a chair and spent time with me at the counter today for our very first episode. I hope today's conversation was helpful. Stay tuned for next week's counter conversation where we define and discuss the importance of emotional intelligence. Until next time, this is Bernice Donato signing off from Counter Conversations. Remember, be brave, be audacious, be you. If you love today's episode, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and don't forget to leave a review, letting us know what you loved about the episode or even what you'd like to hear more about. If you're interested in connecting with Bernice through other platforms, you can scroll down to the show notes where you'll be able to find all of her social media links and other information.